Before we dive into our rad new ep, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on which we record, the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and to the ongoing living culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. What's up and welcome to the Girls Gonna Work podcast. I'm Hayley, a recovering awkward person and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Join me and some of the best babes in the biz as we spill the tea on the rad, the bad and the mad reality of running a business. So pop this potty in your ear for your hot girl walk or while you work and enjoy today's episode. What's up, bestie? Happy Wednesday if you're listening to this in real time. How are you going? Are you listening to this while you're on a walk? Tell me. Slide into the DMs. Tell us where you are when you listen to the episode. I am so excited to be back in the groove of making episodes for you. And today's episode is amazing, if I do say so myself. (laughs) I am chatting to the amazing Nikki Whedon from Nikki Whedon Interiors. She is actually a really good friend of mine. One of the first friends I made when I moved to Melbourne. And you will understand why after listening to this episode, she is honestly the most beautiful souled human being and the most kind and generous. So I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode and interview with her. But before I jump in, just a little tidbit about Girls Gonna Work has an event coming up. Oh my God. I'm so bloody excited. Tickets are going on sale very, 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 very soon. That's 10 berries. So check out the link in the bio and sign up to our mailing list. So you're the first to know when tickets go on sale. Also, You want to be signed up to that because I'll be sending out a cheeky little discount to our email subscribers. So you want to be on that list to find out about it. Very exciting. If you want to be supporting the podcast, please look at the link in the bio and buy me a coffee. It is an amazing organization that allows you to contribute to other creators' funds to help us produce more of the podcast, more events, more other exciting things that are to come later in the year. Other than that, I've just been head down and bum up coming into February. I feel like lots of us small business owners are like January is just a trial run and we're hitting the ground running in February. So I've been full on with client work and I absolutely love it. But enough about that. Again, I am so excited for you guys to listen to this episode with Nikki. We chat through some really hard stuff. We chat through kind of her really... I would say messy journey into business ownership and how she's flourishing in her space now. So Nikki Whedon is boutique design agency based out of Brunswick here in Melbourne that offers personalized interior designs throughout Melbourne's home. She focuses on creating homes that tell a story and designs residential spaces tailored to your life, your style, your rules. I am so excited. Enjoy today's episode. Nikki, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so excited to be chatting to you oh, today. Oh, me too. Me too. Very exciting. Very exciting. So we're going to just jump straight into it. Like I said, I'm so excited to have you here. We are low-key friends, <laughs> which we, I'm sure will come up how we became friends later in the episode. But first, I would love for you to just like introduce yourself, tell us how Nikki Weedon Interior came about, your time over in London versus like interior design life in Melbourne. Tell me all about it. My name's Nikki Weedon and I'm an interior designer and I've just almost going into my 12th month 
of being in full-time business. So when Hayley said, yay, so exciting. So when Hayley said, can you jump on the podcast and chat about your business? I was like, yes, it is like the perfect time. I've done through that kind of year weirdness, that kind of first weirdness in business. So I feel like I've got much more of a um, idea of kind of like who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm doing in my business. So so in terms of where my journey began was I think I've always wanted to be an interior designer. Like there was probably Mm -hmm. a small part in probably primary school where I wanted to be a marine biologist. (laughs) (laughs) Most people in the 90s, like everyone was so like obsessed with dolphins, like everyone do marine biology but I think straight out of high school I always wanted to know that I wanted to do something creative Mm -hmm. so I ended up enrolling into TAFE and Mm -hmm. that was in 2006 and I feel so old (laughs) yeah I studied for two years to do my um, TAFE diploma and then I moved on to do my bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. Um, I finished everything in 2010 so it was a whole four years of full-time study yeah it was a lot. Like it was, yeah. it was a lot. Like it wasn't like one day and that was classified as full time. Like it was mm-hmm. four days and there was a lot a lot of stuff that we had to do and whatnot. But like I ended up making an amazing bunch of um, friends that I started off at TAFE with and then moved into the degree with as well. Mm-hmm. We're still friends today. Yeah, amazing. And we're still interior design weirdos. Like yeah. If you're friends with a designer, you'll know, you know, we're always constantly touching things and being like, oh, what's that made out of? And grabbing a piece of furniture and looking at how it's been constructed and just talking all those kind of things. So I was kind of determined to get my foot in everyone's door and I wasn't quite sure where I fitted in in the industry. Um, Like interior design is so broad, like Mm. there's residential design and then there's commercial design so you're either you know designing homes for people or you're designing nightclubs and restaurants for people to go to and I did a lot of internships and I worked my way around Melbourne and I worked for several different home builders my partner kind of dropped a bombshell in 2012 and said I want to move to the UK so yeah I kind of thought, okay, like this is this is full on. Like we'd only been together for six months and yeah. like I was 24 at the time and I thought, you know what, why not? Yeah. Sadly, in most industries, like age is seen as experience yes. and no matter how much experience I had, I was still 24 yeah. and I didn't have life experience and, you know, I'd, I'd done so many years of, you know, different experiences in different interior design, but actually getting a job as an interior designer was so hard. So we decided to, I guess, pack up our lives and we moved to London in 2012 and we were there for six years. And Mm. that's when I realized that that's where I wanted to be in the design world. Like I love residential design and helping people find their own style and reflect that into their homes. And Hayley obviously knows this person, but I worked for a very influential designer um, in London called Trisha Guild and her brand and my dear friends that I'm still friends with today, um, you know, taught me love for colour and how to express yourself within interior design. And I think they would laugh because I know they'll listen to this as well. When I first arrived, they were like, oh, you know, what's your favourite colour? And I'm like, 
I really like gray. They're what? Like, <laughs> What's your interior design vibe? And I was like, you know, gray, white, you know, black, beige. Like I'd come from Melbourne and yeah. in the early, you know, in the early kind of 2010s or at least yeah. kind of around that time, Melbourne wasn't as cool as what it is now. Yeah. And a lot of the new stuff that was coming out was so boring and it was so safe and it still is today like yeah. 100% it still is and I was like a little fish in a big pond and I had no idea about design and yeah. I'd come to like the city for design and it's been around for thousands of years and yeah. it's so cool and whatever and I just kind of realized oh my god like Melbourne is not as cool as what I actually thought it was when I was working as an interior designer yeah so yeah we decided after six years that we would move back and we thought, you know, turning 30, I would be having a house and <laughs> children and getting married. And, you know, I turned 36 this year and yeah. none of that has happened. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here we are. So probably I didn't really need to move home, but I'm kind of glad we did yeah moved home in 2018 and obviously 2020 2019 the whole pandemic and COVID thing happened yeah um and I think you know the design world kind of changed because I think people realized how important home is mm. day in day out in our house yeah you know over a, over a, you know two-year period we were really you know waking up you know sleeping eating probably raving and repeating yeah. <laughs> like we were doing so much at home and yeah. and still a lot of us are working from home so the design yeah. world saw a huge shift in wanting to surround yourselves with things that are important to you yeah. your mental health and allow you to be safe in your own space so I think interior design has changed throughout kind of that pandemic yeah. era which is good and then obviously like I guess you know things can't kind of change in terms of what you want to do what your values are and whatnot and I don't think I ever thought as myself wanting to be my own boss and mm -hmm. I didn't it was really anything that I could ever do but I did it anyway and yeah. you know my partner said to me well what have you got to lose and in my head and I was like I've got no, I'm gonna, not going to have any money. I'm going to be poor. I'm not going to be able to live yeah. in a house. Like I ha thought all these kind of like crazy things and I just kind of took, like took this leap and I was like, you know what, stuff it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So yeah. that's kind of my journey so far. It's so crazy. There's like a couple of things I want to touch on, but just you saying that it was your partner who kind of gave you the courage to like jump all in. Yeah. Because Nikki, I don't think you know this, but when I got made redundant during COVID, we were having a conversation and you said that exact thing to me. Did I? You did. You're like, Haley, why the fuck not? Like, just try it. Like, what's the worst that could happen? I was like, yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Like you said something like now's the time to try it because like everyone's at home, like it's fine. Just give it a go. So it's crazy that like you gave me that advice and it was your partner who gave you the same advice to like kind of give you that little bit of courage or push to like really go oh, for it. It does sound like something that I would say <laughs> because I'm very forward. So um, that's so funny. Well, I guess you've got me to thank really. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> None of this would be here without you. Um, also another thing, which obviously this is a podcast, but anyone who's listening, 
you must go and look at Nikki's stuff because for me to hear that she used to like black and beige and brown (laughs) does not make sense to me at all (laughs) because Nikki is like a dopamine dresser. Like I don't think I've ever seen her in plain black before. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think the thing is I I think I've always been a dopamine dresser and Melbourne is so black and, you know, I want to feel a little bit professional then I'll wear black but then I'll have these ridiculous, like, stupid oversized earrings or, like, whatever. But black has its purpose and I I understand that. But sometimes you just need to just have a little bit of fun. Like, life is short. Like, dopamine dress all the way, 100%. 100%. (laughs) Now, we didn't really touch on it but obviously I know – that um, you have been made redundant and I was there for one of those redundancies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I know that that has really impacted your life and how you went about looking for the next job and then obviously going into business for yourself. Can you kind of like talk through that and how that like made you feel and how that was like kind of the catalyst into eventually going out and doing it all by yourself? Yes, the old redundancy. (laughs) Well, when I got home from London, I was set up with a job that I thought was going to be my dream job. And this is obviously where Hayley also worked. And it just didn't pan out that way. And I think pan out that way for both sides, which was really sad. I think it just didn't work out. The timings were bad, you know, and I think in another in another life, I think it would have worked amazingly. Mm. And I think probably in a later time, it would have worked perfectly. But, you know, I'd been within the role for 12 months and I knew in myself it wasn't working and they could see it wasn't working and it just ended up failing and I got made redundant. So, and I think it was probably a blessing because they ended up changing their structure in terms of management and and whatnot. So, Hayley was there for that <laughs> so she got to see all the, the ups and downs of that job role yeah. and, you know, I I thought that kind of climbing the ladder and becoming a manager would mean a lot more to me, like kind of and I think it's the same as, you know, looking at any industry, the more you climb within the yeah. ladder, the, the more successful you're going to become and I thought it would kind of fulfil everything that I wanted but, it didn't. Yeah. And I ended up moving in afterwards into another manager role and then COVID hit mm. and I lost my job. I kind of looked and I had lost two jobs yeah. in two years and I hadn't been at both jobs for more than 12 months. Yeah, I thought, who the hell is going to hire me now? Yeah. Like I've got two jobs under my belt under, under two years I kind of spiraled down a little bit like what am I going to do? No one's going to hire me. And then I was jobless over the pandemic for about six months. Yeah. And I don't take it as a negative thing. Probably putting on a bit of weight was probably the (laughs) most. I mean, same, but. (laughs) I mean, who who hasn't gotten fat? Um, (laughs) But I I think that kind of six months really 
helped me in terms of further developing my skills, working out what I wanted to do. And I got to learn new programs, you know, learn about new trends, new suppliers. And in a role as an interior designer, you constantly need to be up to date with what's happening in the world. Otherwise, you stay stagnant in your development as as a designer as well. Yeah. I, I kind of felt like I shouldn't be in a manager role and mm. I ended up getting another job um, and I got offered a more senior role and I turned it down because I was burnt out and yeah. I decided to take a step back from my ego. and mm-hmm. Which is really hard to do. It's huge because I'd kind of made it to where I thought I wanted to be and then I was like, I don't think I want to be a manager. So I decided to take a step back and started a role which was less than my experience. Yeah. But I think I was okay with that. And then three years in the role, absolutely loved the role, loved the team. And then suddenly my mum died Mm. and she died um, suddenly with stage four brain cancer that we didn't know about. So I took three months off from my workplace and my dad also has dementia and mm. my mum was caring for my dad. So now my sister and I are now having to care for him and yeah. tried my hardest to try and get back on the horse yeah. working full time. But my mind and my body was telling me this isn't right. Yeah. And I think I when I realised that like my body muscles, like my upper mm. body wasn't allowing me to move the way that I normally move, I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And at that time there was no option to reduce my hours and I had no other option but I had to quit. So I thought to myself, like, and I think when somebody passes away as well, it really changes everything in terms of your perspective on life. Yeah. I kind of thought after 18 years, like I've, I started my journey in 2006. It's been years and again that scares me to say (laughs) but I decided to take a leap into my business by myself like yeah I've always had a business like the basics were set up like Mm -hmm. I had my you know I had a logo and I had my ABN yeah and my business name was registered and I was working on projects for friends and family but I had no idea about the back end that needed to be done, like insurances, websites, legals, a portfolio. Hello. (laughs) Like you've you've got nothing to prove that you've you've been a designer and people don't want to see, you know, other people's work on your website. Like you can't do that. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's admin processes, there's marketing, there's social Mm. media. and like the list goes on on starting a business and then there's all the money that goes with it like that's pretty much where I'm at at the moment (laughs) yeah and I feel like I mean I'm guessing but I'm guessing you wouldn't want to change it like this is where you do feel like this is where you're meant to be now 100% and I think I think I've always felt that like I needed more flexibility in my working hours and I didn't want to feel as though that, you know, and and I'm sure managers don't think it, but you think that they think it is Mm. you need to step out of the office or you need to step away for a minute and take a phone call. They're like, 
they're on the phone to their friend or they're, yeah. they're doing something else. Like it's not worth slacking. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're slacking and whatever. And I, I needed more flexibility and I honestly would not change working for myself. Like it's been, it's been amazing. Like, and yeah. I will talk about the rad, the bad and the mad <laughs> because that's important in business. A hundred percent. <laughs> it really is and I and I think that like some people like go to school for business and obviously you went to school to be an interior designer and that's its own degree and business is its own other degree but I do find that some of us kind of like we've always had it in us like that entrepreneurial drive or that entrepreneurial vision or that business owner vision but maybe we were like too scared or when it comes like push comes to shove, we kind of just fall into it and we're like, oh, this actually makes sense. Why didn't I do this before? But I also think like when you're learning something at school, no one teaches you how to create that into a business. Yeah. You learn business and you know the business back ends of things, but you don't, you might not know enough about the product that you're selling or whatever it may be, but for interior design, like we didn't learn anything about business. The only That's thing that we learned was how to put a portfolio together. Like yeah. we didn't learn to set up an ABN. We didn't, you know, know how to invoice someone. We didn't yeah. know how to, you know, the, the process of, of the business kind of step by step. Yeah, side of it. We didn't learn. And for interior design, it's such a closed industry Mm -hmm. and it has gotten a lot better but no one wants to tell you how they run their business like yes and you know there's an amazing network this lady called Kylie from Interiors Insider she teaches you about setting up an interior design Mm -hmm. business she's not teaching you how to be an interior designer she's teaching you the stuff that is going to set you up like setting up a website how to use Pinterest to get your leads, how to yeah. use Instagram to get your leads, like your marketing, your this yeah. and that. Like it's all those kind of things. And that's been like a huge help in how to kind of construct everything together. But yeah. it's a weird industry, I must admit. And it's it's weird yeah. that we don't learn enough about business at school. So I know, Nikki, you mentioned just before, like the passing of your mom and your dad's diagnosis, and I can feel they're already hard enough things to navigate through and now getting to have that flexibility with your business. Was there other areas of like business that have been really hard that you've kind of struggled with or how have you been like navigating that kind of like hardness in the business side of things? Do you have a really good support system? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge has been, am I doing the right thing? Like, do I know, do, do yeah. I look like I know what I'm doing? And 100%. What if no one likes what I'm doing? <laughs> and, you know, what if I don't get clients? What if I yeah. fail at this whole thing and I've just spent the last however many months putting together all of this kind of information and money outlay? Like, yeah. what if it doesn't work? Yeah. And I think we're our own worst enemy. Like I think hundred percent. Like imposter syndrome is a thing. And you know, if people don't understand what imposter syndrome is, it's basically the little person in your head saying, like, you're stupid. This is gonna (laughs) take why are you doing that for? Yeah. Silly do you look? And you know, 
no matter how experienced you are, you're yeah. going to constantly think like that. And, yeah. you know, I think it's important to kind of take a step back and mm-hmm. look at your business through the eyes of a client. Yes, that's good advice. It's hard because you judge your own business as if someone else is also an interior designer looking at your business. Yes. And also kind of judging it. Like you'll probably have, you know, people who are, you know, podcasters or virtual assistants and you're like, they're looking at it with such specific eyes in a way that they're probably not even looking at it in that way. Um, Someone said to me, even just this morning, I was on another call and they were saying, no one cares as much as you. Like no no one is looking at you like you think they are. No. And like I've, I've got an amazing um, network of other interior designers. And also like, I've got a very close network of girlfriends who are not afraid to say that shit or (laughs) like they're, they're completely honest. And like, we're, a bunch of sisters but like I'm celebrating my first year full-time in business and so much has changed and I just wanted to give a shout out to Hayley from WQ Creative. Yes she's amazing. She is so amazing. She has been an absolute angel. She has made so many changes on my website. (laughs) Like I actually think we were working together for probably about a year and a half and I was just constantly making changes and I just, she is so patient, so lovely and she just did such an amazing job on my website. So I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, Hayley, I love you. (laughs) I appreciate and value everything that you do in your business. (laughs) So yeah, I think, yeah, like biggest biggest kind of challenge and obstacle is definitely yourself. Yeah. That's not even just in business, it's in, in life. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's something that um, we're not really or is maybe not talked about enough. It's definitely changing. And like that's obviously why we have the podcast too is to talk about the hard stuff because it's business ownership is so glamified. Is that the word I'm thinking of? Yep. It is. Um, On the internet and people just think it's so easy and it's so great, but it really, especially as solo entrepreneurs, like solopreneurs, a lot of it falls on our shoulders and you're like, if I'm not nice to myself in my brain, how the hell am I going to get through any of this? But really you do know what you're doing and you do know like you wouldn't have this thing on your heart if you weren't going to be good at it. And um. Amy from Content Queen Planner said to me once in our interview, it was like, you can't work this hard and not be successful in some way, shape or form. Like no way can you put this amount of effort into something and not have something good come out of it, Yeah, which is obviously easy to remember when everything is going good, but when it's going bad, you're not thinking that. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, yeah, and you're not like, and, and I think that's the thing is like everybody is winging it. Yeah, no, 100%. Like no one knows everything. And if they do, they're faking it. Like, (laughs) Yeah. Or there's still something that they don't know. Like one of my favorite things is to remind myself is like new levels have new devils. So it's like I might have it all together now at this level in my life and or business, but like I don't want to live at level two. I don't know, for example, or level three. We'll go three because we're in our 30s now. We'll go level three. 
I want to get to level four and I want level four to be amazing. So like I'm going to get there and there's going to be new things that I don't fucking know. I don't know how to do. And then we're going to have to overcome those devils. So where there's, if you don't have imposter syndrome in some way, shape or form, I just think you're not doing it right. (laughs) I know. I know. But like everybody has imposter syndrome, whether Mm. it's to do with business, but like new mums have imposter syndrome. How hard is it to raise a baby? Like no one taught, no one teaches you that either. No. And again, the people who are pretending like it's so easy, they're probably not like on face value. They're probably like not doing very well behind the scenes. Who knows? Who knows? I just made that up. I don't. (laughs) I don't have kids, so I have no idea about new mums. So apologies if you are a new mum and you've got it all together. Um, So I want to kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about interior design and creating homes that tell a story, because I know that's something that you love. How did you develop that personalized approach and why is it that like home ownership or like helping people with their homes is where your kind of like heart lies? I think like I've always wanted to have a slightly different angle in the way that I approach interior design and Mm -hmm. I approach clients homes like as I said before Melbourne definitely has its own vibe especially with new build and I want to design something that looks like I don't I don't want to design something that looks like everyone else's like I want to get to know my clients and add their personality into their Mm. home and like colour play is a huge part in that and I don't want to design something and be like, oh, yeah, that is such a 2000s kitchen. Yeah. And I know it probably end up like will be but I want to be able to allow my clients to help with the design process in a way and I am quite hands-on and I do want them to be able to feel as though they can have a home that does reflect themselves. Like I don't yeah. want, I don't want to, you know, transport them into a, an, an interior that is not them. And yeah. you can get that with a lot of kind of show homes and things like that. Like some clients will hire an interior designer and they'll completely transform a space. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, where's that kind of personality and that soul? It's like being yeah. sucked into the house and you're currently you know, lying on your white sofa with everything else being white. And it's yeah. like, where's the personality and where's where's yeah. you in this interior? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's important for me and that's, that's definitely some of my kind of key values um, and it's probably all over my website is, you know, I want people to kind of have their own personality reflected into a space and also mm-hmm. it makes it more fun for me as an interior designer as yeah. well. And I always get my clients to kind of put together a little Pinterest board. And, and yeah. I don't care what's on the Pinterest board. It doesn't have to be someone else's interior, but I just want to see what they like. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard for clients to tell you what they like from a picture and they think they think it has to be a picture of an interior for me yeah. to be able to establish. And I'm like, the picture could be of anything it could be a picture of nature it could be a picture of a piece of artwork that you saw and yeah. like my creative brain will kind of develop that into an like an interior space that's amazing I love that and I love seeing how other people's like creativity works because that's exactly why you're in your industry is 
because that's how you see the world is kind of like through that lens of like colors and and feelings and being able to then create that into someone's potential forever space or second space or whatever space it is. <laughs> whatever space it is, I can work with anything. <laughs> I mean, I could talk to you forever and I know we'll probably jump off this recording and keep chatting, but I'm going to jump into some rapid fire kind of style questions and see how we go from there. So this year, Girls Gotta Work is all about taking bold actions. So my first question is, what is the boldest decision you've ever made in your business and how did it impact your growth? Because I'm still in my first year of business, I think my 2024 is definitely pushing the boundaries. Like I think that first year was kind of playing it a little bit safe, seeing, testing the waters and testing, you know, what I can and can't do and how I guess audiences will kind of receive that. And I think, I think this year is definitely kind of pushing the boundaries, seeing how many clients I can actually put on my books without being scared and just being more myself in business. Like at the end of the day, People hire people and clients want to work with someone who's relatable and that they can make a friendship with. And I think we focus so much on being professional that we kind of lack being a human being sometimes. And I think it's, it's so important to me is just to be yourself. And, you know, I'm happy for clients to be really silly in an appointment or, you know, I'm happy to be a little bit silly. Like, it's your home. It, it's not a church or something like that. You don't yeah. be so serious in your own space. Like I feel like just being me and a lot of people do kind of say that when they do meet me that I'm very much a personable person and I'm yeah. very much in my own world kind of thing and I like I know who I am and I think I just need to kind of reflect that more into my business. Yeah. And then fingers crossed people like it. <laughs> <laughs> the right people will come. The right people will come for sure. I love that for your 2024. It's all about the year of being the baddie, being the baddie in your business in a good way. <laughs> of course, we can't finish a Girls Gotta Work podcast without asking what is the raddest thing in business about running a business for you? I think everybody's answer is probably the same. <laughs> it's actually really different. So, <laughs> Okay. It's definitely working for my business, yeah. my way. And I don't want to, I don't want it that to sound like it's my way or the highway kind of thing, but yeah. you know, it's my processes, it's yeah. my decisions, it's how I've always felt like a business should run. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not a robot and yeah. things shouldn't be robotic, but I think finding ways to run my business um that kind of reflects my style and my work ethic as well. Like that's, that's probably the raddest thing about it is being able to do my business for me and how I want to run it. But it's so much more about the client as well. I just want to make sure the client is having the best experience ever. Like I don't want them to say, Oh, okay, your time's up. You've had, you've had one hour, like that's it. You've got to go. Like I want, yeah, well, for them to kind of relax into the the whole process and, and whatnot. That's a good answer. It's not everyone's answer, but that's a good one. That's yeah. off the top for sure. Yeah. And then what is the baddest or the worst thing about running a business? <sighs> the loneliness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It can get lonely and I'm definitely an extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> I know we like to talk about the introvert extrovert. I'm 100% extrovert. <laughs> 
I love being surrounded by people and I love a bit of banter. Like I love a bit of silliness and, you know, I'm so appreciative of the network of other interior designers that I have around me that are also doing their own businesses. And I think the industry is changing and I think it's not so much about competition and it's more about collaboration now. Mm -hmm. Everyone's winging it. Like all business owners are winging it, no matter how much experience you've got. And it's kind of amazing to be surrounded by other people who are running a business who get it. And, you know, we talk about the rad, the bad, the mad sides of businesses and you don't seem crazy and you're like yeah. <laughs> to these people and they're like oh yeah 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 Where, whereas like I'll say this to like a friend of mine like why are you complaining about that like, <laughs> yeah oh okay like it's it's nice to have you know supportive people around you that that just get it like they yeah, understand 100% what it is running a business and yeah. they don't see you as a, a failure or anything like that like if I say you know I've had a really quiet month they'll be like, oh, you know, that that's how it is in the industry. Yeah. And it's not like if you speak to somebody else, they'll be like, oh, maybe you've done something wrong. Or maybe yes. And I'm like, I don't think I have. I think it's quiet. <laughs> it's allowed to be quiet, guys. So what is the um, maddest, so that is like good, bad, mind-blowing thing about running a business? For me, the maddest, and I just probably say it's because I am a bit mad, is- <laughs> is uh, probably for me it's running around like a headless sometimes (laughs) like interior design is full on like from from the outside people just see that we're going to the shops and we're picking up a cushion we bring the cushion back and we put it onto the sofa and oops job done but like there's so much more into it like there's much more than just making a space look pretty and I think I think when people go through the process of actually designing or um, renovating or building their own home, they show much more appreciation Mm -hmm. to the effort that goes into it and all the people who are involved, whether it be, you know, the architect, it might be the interior designer, the builder, you know, all the way down to something that is, you know, someone installing something really small or delivering a sofa or whatever, like it, there's so many different hats that people play and they're all so important within a business. And I think also, you know, a lot can go wrong throughout the build, which I think, I think people need to be fully aware that things will go wrong and can go wrong, but we can make them right. And life's not perfect. Like you are going to have hiccups throughout builds and things like that, but at least you've got professionals there to assist with that. And they're not leaving you having to do it all yourself. And I think, you know, for, for, for people to kind of trust their interior designer, like we're the professionals, we want what's best for you. We want what's best for your space, (laughs) you know, and most importantly, what's best for probably your budget as well. Like that's a, that's a big thing. Nikki, I've had so much fun chatting. Tell me where we can find you on the internet. Yeah. So you guys can either find me at (laughs) 
nikkiweedon.com, which is N-I-K-K-I-W-E-E-D-O-N. Otherwise, you can find me on most socials, um, which is at Nikki Whedon Interiors on Instagram. I have joined up to TikTok, but please don't judge me. I'm very new to it. <laughs> We're dabbling and- in the TikTok. And I don't really know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) None of us do. Um, Well, Nikki, I will pop all of that in the show notes, but thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Hayley. And that's a wrap, Bestie. As always, I've loved being in your ears, sharing the highs and lows of running a business. If you want to keep the party going, come and join us on Instagram and TikTok at Girls Gotta Work Podcast. We are a small business, so if you're feeling extra kind, I would love it if you could like and subscribe to the platform of your choice and leave a review on Apple Podcast. This podcast was produced by the amazing team at Good Chat Media, so give them a follow if you loved the app. Thanks.